I was just hurting inside, trying to stay numb. Didn't want to deal with the anger that I had, so I started snorting cocaine. You know, I did meth, and it just went downhill. Real life starts now. This is Real Life Radio Show with On Leg. I felt alone. I felt lost. I felt scared. Real stories. I was so desperate in living such a dark and callous life. Real people. I was thinking there was no purpose for my life. There's no reason for me to be here. Real problems. I told my dad, if you try to take these drugs, I'm going to kill you. One solution, God. Hope is a person, and his name is Jesus. And now your host, On Leg. Hi, this is Evangelist Anlay. Welcome to the Real Life Radio Show, where we're going to talk about real people who had real problems but found answers and a real God. Today, we're going to be talking about whether or not marijuana could be a gateway drug. You might be asking, what is a gateway drug? It's a drug that leads to other heavier illegal drugs. Now, some say that it is a lie that marijuana is a gateway drug and that it is harmless. Let's hear from Monica Satcher today to learn more about her experience as a stoner, which is a heavy marijuana user. Monica, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Monica, it is such a pleasure to have you on our show. So, Monica, before you became a stoner, you were actually a church-going girl. Tell us about how that happened. I enjoyed church as a child because it was fun. My mother went and I went with her. My father would come when they had food, but he never really attended on a regular basis. I had fun, but I never had like a personal relationship with Jesus. I just went to church and that was about it. When my dad died of cancer when I was 15, I just kind of was hurting inside. As a teenager, it was very traumatic. Even though I knew it was coming, he had lung cancer, it doesn't make it easier. I would have nightmares of him changing a light bulb and his clothes falling off because he was so skinny from being sick. Mm -hmm. And it would just torment me, you know, just having to see your dad be that sick and die. Someone who's so strong and takes care of you and now is so weak, you know, and I was kind of selfish. I was a teenager and I was just busy doing my own thing and I kind of regretted not spending more time with him. But after he died, I just kind of hung around the wrong crowd, I guess, because they were doing drugs and smoking pot. And I was always like, you can't be around me with that. And then sooner or later, I was like, yeah, I'll try it. And then after, you know, just a few months, I was a full-blown stoner. You know, I had the nice glass bong, a four-foot bong. And of course... They say pot's a gateway drug, and I really believe it is because in my experience, it went from that to someone saying, you know, hey, try this line, and I did cocaine, and I always said I would never start anything up my nose, but I also said I'd never smoke pot. It was actually this guy I met I was dating. He introduced me to all the drugs I did, and so I started snorting cocaine. You know, I did meth. But I really became a cokehead, and I was doing coke all the time. I was living with an older guy who was providing it, you know, completely, like, doing my own thing, and it just went downhill. I was just so hurting inside, trying to stay numb. Didn't want to deal with the anger that I had from my dad dying and feeling like, I couldn't process it. My mom was so stressed out. I was 15. She was like, if you want anything, you're going to have to get a job and pay for it. So I was like on my own, mm-hmm. you know, even though I lived with my mom and she loved me and she's a good mom. That was her coping. That was how she coped, you know? And even though I had a home and was loved, I really felt I was on my own and I just turned to drugs. I didn't realize I turned to drugs and how quickly it spiraled down, but it did. 
Wow, who would have known, right? I mean, I'm sure you didn't grow up and think you're going to be into marijuana, cocaine. I'm sure you believed you would never be the one who got into those things. And then hardship hit. You didn't know how to deal with the hurt and pain inside. And you're living a pretty reckless life at that time. Is that correct? Well, my sister was on meth and she had three kids. And my mom called and said that her boss said she hadn't come to work. She was sleeping for the last three days and no one was watching the kids. And she said, we need to go get them. And I said, okay. So I just went and started taking care of my sister's three kids. I take care of them during the day, put them to bed. I leave and go party all night, come home, go to bed at four, wake up at six, get them ready for school (laughs) and then sleep, make dinner, put them to bed and go party again. Not even realizing like how stupid that was. You know, you look at other people. I'm not that bad off. Their teeth are missing and they're sleeping on benches. You know, like you compare yourself thinking that it's okay, but really it's not. I always knew I'm not going to be like that forever, but it was always later. Yeah, later I'll do better. Later I'll stop, you know? I think that is the loop that people can get stuck in. The loop of addiction. The false belief that I could just stop and get better all on my own. But it never happens. That's exactly right. But, you know, everybody who struggles with something, they know because I lost my job. I didn't have any friends except this, you know, old guy. (laughs) And the friends I did have were just around the party and you didn't see them again. And I felt empty. I was promiscuous. And, you know, I meet girls now who had worked as prostitutes and they tease me, you know, that I was stupid because I did it for free. (laughs) But that's just where I was. And I always thought, yeah, I'm going to get there. I'm going to get a job. I'm going to go back to church. I'm going to, you know. And then my mom invited me to this church camp thing. And I think I felt obligated to go. And it wasn't until I went there, that's when I realized how bad it was. And I didn't think I was that bad. Wow. So here you are going back to church, thinking you are fulfilling an obligation. But then you had an encounter with God at this church. Tell us about it. I did. And a funny story about that. I'm laying in the bed and one of the church ladies comes in and she's getting something and I'm still sleeping. You know, this is me, stoner, cokehead, whatever, in the middle of all these church people. I look back, I'm like, why did I go? You're so, so funny. But the sun was shining through the curtain and it like made me angry and I yelled the F word. And they like looked at me like, okay, but that's where I was. And they were kind of weird to me, but I liked being there, you know, like I didn't understand what was happening, but I liked it. I knew I liked it. Really, I knew I needed it, but I realized like I had to just choose, hey, do I want this or not? And when I made the choice that I didn't care about me trying to do something and I just said, I'm going to try Jesus. They were all around me praying, and I felt this feeling in my stomach. It was like a pulling almost. I mean, I had never naturally felt this feeling. And it was like my body was heavy. And then I screamed to the top of my lungs, like, Jesus. And then I felt light. I felt clean. You know, I felt different. Like something was taken off of me, you know, like Mm. all the weight I was carrying from dealing with stuff and hiding from my grief and hiding from my anger and not facing it. It was like not hard anymore, even though it was still there. And then when I would think about my dad dying and such, obviously it was emotional. I missed him. But when I would think about it, it wasn't the pain with it anymore. Mm. And that was new for me. Wow. So accepting Christ into your life brought some type of emotional and spiritual healing. It seems like this newfound faith and knowing Jesus 
helped you to make your burden lighter. Now, for someone listening right now, tell us about the process of getting set free from drugs through the power of faith in Jesus. You know, I tried it on my own so many times and it wouldn't work. And I always wondered why. And I would even cry out to God, you know, like, can you help me? And I felt like he wouldn't answer. But it was a matter of getting good enough and then going to church or good enough and then asking him. It was when I didn't care about all that and I truly surrendered. Like, let him see it all. Let him mess with it change it, clean it, whatever he wanted to do. It was a matter of not caring about holding on to anything, just giving my heart to him. And God completely rocked me. And I wasn't perfect right away. But every time the church doors were open, I went, I went high. I went blowing my nose from starting cocaine, you know, but they loved me anyway. And it was literally maybe two months. I was like, I'm not even interested in the drugs. Like I hadn't even thought about it. Didn't even want it. I wanted to be there. Hmm. And the pain didn't have to be numbed because it wasn't there. Wow, that is great. So the answer is dealing with the pain and hurt, not just trying to stop the addiction, but going for the root. Now, not many think that Jesus would be the answer to the original root of the problem, but it's so amazing. Jesus changed your life, Monica. And it's such a pleasure to have you on our show. Thank you so much for sharing the truth about your past and being with us today. Thank you. Stay right there. Let's unravel this right after the break. My friends, this is Evangelist Onlay, and I have a huge heart to study how Jesus is working in people's lives today and how he can change the lives of so many more. Will you partner with me to get this show on another radio station in a different state? Together, we're learning and demonstrating that Jesus is alive and touching lives everywhere. Help us to get out the good news. We're looking for monthly giving partners from $5 a month to $100 a month. Anything helps. You can learn more about this by going to AwakeningTheNations.com. That's AwakeningTheNations.com. Real Life Radio is a ministry of Awakening the Nations, a 501c3 nonprofit organization that depends on your donations. If you would like to find out more about Awakening the Nations or make a tax-deductible donation, please visit our website at AwakeningTheNations.com or call us at 877-480-4477. That's AwakeningTheNations.com or 877-480-4477. More Real Life starts now. Welcome back to the show where we're going to go deeper into what you just heard. So what are you thinking about when you heard this? Honestly, it seems like all fun and games until drugs takes you into a journey that seems to lead to a spiritual prison. It fascinates me that so many young people fall into this trap and how we need to see it for what it is, a trap. But the pains in life, the hurts that we can carry, if we don't tend to them, they can lead us into a dark path. To me, this makes me understand the concept that sin, even a little bit, will always take you further than you want to go. To think, we have marijuana, which is definitely a gateway drug. It's now legalized in the USA, but the thing is that the things that are attached to that, the other drugs, they're not legal. What a trap! And spiritually, would it make sense that marijuana is a gateway drug? It does make sense, because all sin is a gateway to something else. No matter what sin it may be, sin is simply missing the mark. It's doing something that wasn't designed for you. Why does it work this way? Well, sin is designed to lead us to one thing, death. Death of something. Death to a relationship, death to a career, death to a dream, or even death to ourselves or to our soul. 
James chapter 1, 14, 16, it says, But each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desires and enticed. Then when desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is full grown, brings forth death. As you can see, sin tempts us so that when we follow it and justify it and allow it in, it grows like a baby. And then as it grows, it grows into what? Death. Sin will bring us death. There's no way around it. That is the addiction cycle loop that Monica was literally stuck in. Can you relate? Do you have something that tempted you? Maybe it's sucking you in, or maybe it's too late and you're realizing it now. Father God, we come to you and we ask you, Lord Jesus, to solve this problem of sin in our lives. And I'm praying for someone who is having that situation like right now. We break that power of sin, that chain of bondage in Jesus' name. And my friend, just say it with me. Jesus, we receive you. We need your deliverance. We need your freedom from this chain. We ask for this in Jesus' mighty name. Lord, spare us from that death. Give us mercy, God. We call upon your name in Jesus' mighty name. I hope you're blessed by this testimony. And I know that your life was touched. If you need prayer, please give us a call at 877-480-4477. That's 877-480-4477. See you next time.